Well, yields are rising, particularly at the front end of the curve, as the ECB lifts rates by 75 basis points and Fed speakers continue to talk up the need for another big one in the US. But in Australia, Philip Lowe is sounding a bit more dovish. And the UK, yes, the government will hold inflation down by subsidising energy, but how will they pay for it? And the news itself has been somewhat overshadowed by some very sad news coming out of the UK this morning. We'll talk about that briefly as well. It's Friday, the 9th of September, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, bond movements are rising this morning uh, in the US. It's pretty tame compared to what's happening in Europe. But 10-year treasuries, the yields are up four basis points, up to 3.3%. Two years have moved up more than five basis points, almost at 3.5%. Those big moves in Europe, though, 10-year bonds, uh, bonds, I should say, uh, their, their yield is up 14 basis points. But two years, we'll look at that in a moment. But wow. Is all I can say to that. UK 10-year gilts. Uh, the yields are up 12 basis points. Uh, France, Italy and Spain all up 11. Aussie 10-year yields fell 14 basis points yesterday to 3.56%, but they've moved up about six basis points since then on futures. US stocks are up again today. 0.6% for the Dow, half a percent for the Nasdaq and 0.2% for the S&P 500. The Eurostox 50 and the FTSE 100 both up around 0.3%. The DAX is down a tiny bit though and a tiny fall in the US dollar as well on the DXY. The dollar is down 0.6% on the Swiss franc. But other than that, no massive moves today. The Aussie and the pound down a quarter percent each. The euro down less than 0.1%. And oil has bounced back up again, but it's been losing ground later in the session. But as we record this, WTI is up 1.1%. Brent is up 0.7%, not quite up to $89, but it was well over that earlier. And look, if you are hearing this in Australia before listening to anything else, before turning on the radio, you might be unaware that a few hours ago, Her Majesty the Queen did sadly pass away. Uh, and, uh, you know, this isn't the, the time or place for us to talk about. It's not what we do on this podcast, but we, we couldn't uh, have the podcast without mentioning it. David DeGarris is here from uh, from NAV in London. Look, Dave, I reckon whether you're a monarchist... You have to acknowledge it, Phil. You have to acknowledge it, Well, and course. look, whether you are a monarchist or a Republican, she was a fantastic old lady, wasn't she? I mean, you couldn't help liking her and she worked right what, to the very what, end what an innings what an innings in that job phil in- outstanding incredible achievement i'm going to be doing this for that long though you know i'm going to be uh, <laughs> me too <laughs> you know, we're not going to get rid of us uh, so king charles we'll see how that pans out meanwhile yes. not not quite royalty uh, jerome powell uh, perhaps the closest they've got in america uh, he's been uh, doing his best really to downplay any hope of, uh, of of any moderation of rate hikes until the job is done he said again yeah. Yes, yes. So another big one for September. We knew there was going to be another big one for September. But I mentioned all these, uh, you know, quite a quite a, mm. a, a bit mm. of movement in in bonds. Um, uh, I mean, particularly two year yields. Even though he wasn't really saying anything particularly new, he wasn't saying anything new, Phil. But the market just does not want to let go to this idea that at some point they're going to be pulling back and they're just looking for that inflection point. Mm. And as you're as you intimating there, Phil, everything he said, which kind of surprised anyone really, he's been right on message, hasn't he, mm. uh, each time he's spoken, um, is that he's going to keep on going until the job is done. Yeah. So it's very unlikely. I mean, almost to the point where no CPI figure would be low enough next week not to them you know, to avert a 75 basis point move, given what we've seen in the labour market today again. 
So, yes, I mean, those jobless claims, I mean, they, uh, they're they not going up, are they? You know, people have still got jobs. It's, the jobs market is just not moving in the direction well, well, he'd like to see it move anyway. Yeah, I wrote on our internal chat that uh, not only they're not going up, they're going down. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, this, you know, probably screwy seasonal adjustment to do with auto plant retooling and all sorts of things. But, you know, it looked like they were going up and goodness me, they're going down. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it is what it is, right? Yeah, it is. Look, we are going to get a, continue as strongly as we have been doing. Is uh, another line he said today, Indeed. which is uh, which is why everyone is saying, "Well, okay, in that case, it's definitely seventy five basis points next time, isn't it?" I think that's uh, yeah, and I, and I think that explains why we did see the US curve invert a little bit further. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not massive, but uh, now all all the bond yields were up, but uh, US was. You know, did shared in that uh, at the front end of the curve as well, but not as much as in Europe. So, two-year bond yields went up twenty-three basis points overnight. Ooh. Now we had a, a seventy-five basis point rise by the ECB. There's more to come, I guess. So, is it was the market surprised by this? Once again, uh, if you looked at forecast, if you looked at the pricing, the market can't have been too surprised, but. I think you know the rea- the expectation is one thing, but the reality is another. Mm. So uh, it's not very long ago, is it, Phil, that we were talking about when will the ECB begin uh, exiting from negative interest rates? And here we are. We've had a fifty and a seventy-five already, and it's quite likely we're going to see a couple of a couple more meaty rises before the end of this year. We think another two lots of fifty, so that'll take the. Uh, deposit rate up to 1.75%. So it was as hawkish as Madame Lagarde could be, I think. Mm. And uh, it seems that the Northern European uh, monetary policy hawks are in the ascendancy right now. Yeah. And concerned I, about inflation. Yeah, well, they, and they've upped their inflation forecast, haven't they? They're 8.1% this year, Indeed. 5.5% next year, 2.3%. You know, we're not getting down to 2.3% until 2024. But does that allow for the, um, you know, the fact that the EU is going to be, just as they are in the UK, going to be pumping in a lot of money to try and hold back energy prices? And that surely is going to have a, you know, quite a marked impact in, uh, in in suppressing that inflation, given will, so much of it, it is will. driven by energy. It will, absolutely. So what they've tended to do in the past with their CPI forecast, Phil, is um, embody what the futures market is saying about oil particularly. I mean, it's been basically an oil story up to this year, right? But mm. now gas is so much more important. So if the energy ministers on Friday um, clarify, you know, or look like, maybe having some policy success in, in driving that wedge between um, gas and um, renewable-produced electricity and, and how it gas flows through the consumer, then obviously that may have some beneficial effect in restraining inflation. So, you know, that, that you would expect would then be embodied in the, in the next set of um, next set of ecb forecasts and be be helpful indeed yeah well and then you know it might be that the ecb can afford to lower the uh at least the lower the speed of the increase uh in in their rates but we'll see how that pans out once we see those forecasts Uh, meanwhile in the uk uh, yes, they are going to subsidise uh, uh, energy. Uh, Britain's new Prime Minister, only just sworn in by the Queen this week, mm. um, she has announced a big stimulus package. So people will pay no more, on average, no more than two and a half thousand dollars pounds, I should say, per year. 
uh, each for the next two years, each household for the next two years, starting on the 1st of October. Not a great deal of funding on how this is going to be paid for, presumably uh, from government debt. There's various figures about how much it's going to cost. £187 billion is one number I read, which is almost mm. half the amount the government spent supporting COVID in 2020 and 2021. That's the. Well, I, think, I think it's more, isn't it? Yeah, yeah well. I the COVID number was like just under 100, under 170 billion, well, which big, is an eye-watering number itself. It is. Depends what you're including, doesn't it? But anyway, that sort of, of that that sort of magnitude. So that would presumably means lots more bond issuance. So what happens yes. if you if you issue a heap of bonds whilst the Bank of England is there trying to implement quantitative uh, quantitative tightening? You, well, we're going to have a glut of then, yeah, absolutely, because there's going to be just a sheer glut of, of of bonds. I mean, you can imagine massive steepening. All, all we learnt on the financing part, Phil, is that it's not going to be financed by any additional windfall taxes yeah. on energy producers. We didn't learn anything more than that. I mean, almost the only numbers that were mentioned in the speech was the two and a half thousand uh, cap on um, the average household bill. Mm. I mean, averages can be distorting too, can't they? So if you live in a a, a, a low efficiency apartment or house your bill's going to be a lot higher isn't it because you know the, the yeah. bill is the price times the amount of power and gas you buy so um yeah uh, as i said so, uh, but every, a lot of, everyone lot of speculation be- yeah. about the uh, total cost yeah but everyone benefits from this so i mean you know i, I won't uh, i won't dwell on it because of including so, business, is, including in, business. In, yeah absolutely which which is not factored in i don't think in that 187 billion figure so it, it could be even higher than that because business use could be could be huge of course and she said you know no pubs will be closing uh, very important to the british of course going through winter i mean what do you do if you can't go to the pub on a cold night uh, but what do you do uh, <laughs> exactly <laughs> sit at home with lots of jumpers on uh, so uh yes i mean i don't know still a million and one questions about how that's going to work isn't it but i guess the long-term plan you know more energy self-sufficiency everyone is going to be saying that now so that we renewing uh, north sea oil and uh, gas exploration frac- yes. fr- fracking in the north of england presumably where tory voters don't live uh, but lots of uh, lots of investment potential in all of that of course so, i mean that is that is good news for the for the uk and they hey they need some don't they um, i think i think it was a well delivered mm. speech phil for somebody that had only been in the job for what 48 hours yeah so um yeah and, and it was was well received and um we we know that the, you know the public servants and uh the incoming chancellor have been working on options and um so far, well, it hasn't been delivered, but uh, it's a very good start anyway. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, energy-wise, Australia's got lots of it, lots of minerals to export, hence the Indeed. positive trade balance. But it did fall a little yesterday, didn't it? Presumably that's just based on, uh, on, on movement in prices, wasn't it? I think it was uh, a, a fair element was the impact of the rains, particularly in New South Wales, oh, right. okay. Phil. Mm. Uh, coal loadings out of uh, Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, we don't speak too loudly about Australian exporting Coal, but um, it does happen. They were though, down. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> clean coal, clean coal. Um, well, it's been washed by all the rain. That's why. <laughs> so, so whereas uh, through Queensland, uh, the loadings didn't seem to be affected. So that was part of it. Um, prices, I think, for coal is still elevated. Maybe iron ore was, was, was a little bit lower. It does bounce around from month to month, but mm. uh, 
There you go. And of course, Australia is away from, you know, the impact of Russian gas prices as well. So the Aussie economy is going to do better than most. So presumably that's why, you know, Philip Lowe from the RBA can afford to sound a little more dovish, which I think he was doing yesterday, wasn't he? You know, out, out of kilter with all the other central banks. Well, he did sound dovish. I think he, you know, including this phrase about, uh, you know, the flexible inflation target gives them more leeway to get there. Uh, and to keep the economy on an even keel. Now, we haven't heard that sort of promise about the economy, have we, from the ECB, the Bank of England, or the, particularly the Fed. I mean, the, the Fed's determined to get inflation down and they're forecasting unemployment to go up. Mm. So um, maybe there's more flexibility there, but you're talking about uh, Russian oil prices and uh, and Australia. Of course, Australia is on the receiving end of that with the higher LNG prices. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Know, the terms of trade playing out there. Yeah, exactly. And he said three quarters of the surprise in inflation in the euro area reflects those unexpected developments in, in the markets for oil, well, gas, and Well, they get the in- income effects of that, don't yeah. they, into the Australian economy. Yeah. So is that, does that mean that demand is pumped up even further? We'll see. Mm. All right. And then he did warn as well about, uh, you know, the wage push cycle, higher wages, high inflation, higher interest rates, lower growth. But then uh, yes. went on to say, but there's not actually any evidence of those high wages happening. So uh, it's, it's different in Australia. apparently. It's, yeah, it's, it is different, isn't it? Amazing. Uh, look, a quiet day for numbers today. Uh, China's inflation numbers, P- PPI and CPI, both uh, obviously quite low compared to most other places. The annual inflation rate in July was 2.7% year on year. Uh, Canada's unemployment rate, uh, which is expected to kick up a little, um, around mm. 5%. And we get the yes. average hourly wages as well, which is 5.4% year on year in July. So it's going to be interesting to see what's happening with employment in Canada, isn't it? Because, of course, they have been pushing rates like crazy, really. Quite aggressively. And uh, there's more on the way as well. Mm. So, um, you know, their rate's already up to three and a quarter. Yeah. So, um, you know, they've been pushing pretty hard like uh, the RBNZ has. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, is it is it working is the is the big question, isn't it? Well, we'll see. And uh, Charles Evans, Esther George, Christopher Waller, uh, quite a few uh, Fed speakers out and about uh, early in the morning, uh, Australia time. They're not actually out and about talking early in the morning. They'll be tucked up in bed. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> in Australia time, early in the morning. Uh, and, the, <laughs> and the OECD employment uh, outlook as well is published today, one o'clock Paris time as well. So, uh, but to fairly light on for data. We, we need we need a bit of a quiet day after this week, don't we? Uh, but good to, talk, good to talk, Dave. We'll catch you again very soon. Cheers, Phil. And just very quickly before we go, a word on uh, the difficulties we've been having. Uh, we It's been impossible to hear us on Apple Podcasts this week uh, because of a way that the, the feed is refreshed. Uh, so we are getting that fixed. It is a problem. We, we host the uh, podcast on SoundCloud and SoundCloud then pushes that to Apple and everybody else. And there's been a problem from SoundCloud getting it to Apple and I think one or two other distribution platforms as well. We've got an answer to that. We're going to move from SoundCloud and we're going to do that next week. So uh, it should be easier for you to hear us on whatever platform you use next week. So we'll get that sorted. Sorry it's been uh, so difficult this week. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again on Monday morning. Have a great weekend.